right? Like who's who's pushing that? Yo, bro, man, the hottest, the hottest sync record of 2021 is coming, bro. Like nobody's promoting that, man. There's yeah. no there's no PR pushes on, you know, who got the placement of the year, who's on the billboards, you know, it's right. it's uh, it's a lot of hype beast stuff for uh for placements and um a lot less money, I'll be real with you. Like I know so many people that are chasing placements that you know, once you ask him, like, well, how much money you make? Well, man, it ain't about the money, bro. It's about, uh, you know, it's about, you know, the, 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 what's it about, man? Like, yeah. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is just kind of, um, it's a wash for a lot of, you know, beat makers chasing placements when they could be like really getting some big sinks. And, um, yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and let's chop it up. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. My guy, yo, what's up, Bradley? <laughs> dude sorry i'm like fashionably late here i was like i was like 3 p.m right and then i'm like wait 12 p.m and then i'm like wait nine you know i i get all messed up with the east coast west coast stuff man dude everybody so does I, bro it's all I good apologize. no doubt man yo shout out to my guy bradley man from radium media um i had him come on man so he can kind of chop it up with us and hang out and tag some of these questions as well um so i guess tell the people man a little bit about yourself and, and what you do man yeah man so uh you know i'm a composer producer um audio engineer you know you got to wear all the hats now right yep um you know it's 2021 if you can't do all that stuff you you can't really do any of it right exactly but um but yeah man i've been in i've been making music for 21 years uh, i've been you know pretty successful with it uh just i guess like when i got to la things kind of went crazy for me about nine years ago somewhere around there um and yeah i've just worked on a bunch of different projects the lego movie 22 jump street or ragnarok you know a bunch of different tv shows commercials um i know you do the sync stuff i actually like just recently kind of got into the sync thing mm-hmm um, before that, it's really just like working on projects hired, you know, or being a part of the project, um, you know, the composing team or, uh, you know, the music team, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. So the same thing's pretty cool. I like it because then I, I can kind of, you know, make what I want to make and then uh, push it out to the people that, you know, fuck with that sound, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's so. dope, man. Um yeah, dude. It's not, how was the how was the Lego project? Like that. That sounded like it would have been fun. It was crazy, man. There were <clears throat> like every project. There's fun parts, and then there's like terrible parts where it, you know it's cringeworthy, right? So, mm. like Lego Movie was awesome, <clears throat> but you know I had to get recut like halfway through. And when you're scoring to animation, you're writing music to animation, and the animation's changing, and you're chasing the the picture all the time it makes it really difficult definitely and then uh to throw in like everything is awesome uh that song they wanted us to produce that and make it like a, a radio record um and they just kept changing the bpm on us you know like <laughs> it was just crazy and like doing testing you know because like movies are crazy like they test like crazy so if they don't test well with the group or an audience they recut they try new things they'll spend another you know 25 million 100 million dollars if they got to you know to get it right so 
So that was just like a lot of a lot of wild goose chase. I mean, at one point, just to give you like perspective here, like at one point we're working on the the film score, right? And they had to recut the whole thing. So basically, half our music was just had it was out of time. There was like missing scenes. There were brand new scenes, etc. And then all while we're doing that parallel with, you know, making everything is awesome. And uh, them wanting to find the perfect BPM, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like, yeah, let's try 120. Let's try 150. Let's try. (laughs) And then recording the orchestra uh, out, uh, you know, in um, I think it was in Australia that they did the orchestra there. Um, And then having us time stretch the orchestra because they wanted to put parts of the orchestra into everything is awesome so and this was back like this was a while ago logic pro didn't have like super awesome algorithms you know yeah so wait so every so every time they're changing the bpm are are you guys having to go back in and like re-record the orchestra each time or were you just trying to time stretch like each each BPM literally change. like like stems of the orchestra were like time stretching and compressing wow. to try different BPMs. So you could just imagine what the stem turned into. Yeah, it was just like yeah, that's that's <laughs> crazy, dude. I that's that's one of the I guess lo- logic makes it easier now, right? But oh, dude, for sure, t- changing the tempo and and the keys after especially if you're using like analog gear when like you're recording audio and it's not like midi that you can just drag or easily change the tempo man that's a it's a lot of work yeah just it just like uh i think a lot of it was kind of like um you know people like to think that when you're working on you know 100 200 million dollar films that uh things become more sophisticated and uh I'm here to tell you that's just not true. (laughs) It's just not, it's not true because you're dealing with creatives and directors and producers and executives that, uh, they don't know how the the software works. You know, Mm -hmm. they think, Hey man, just do the thing and make it, you know, make it do the, make it sound cool. They think you push a button and it just automatically updates it to what you think. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. it's, It's pretty funny, man. Like the, the things you go through in the music industry, uh, especially when you get into film and TV, or even commercials. Commercials are probably the very worst, I'd say. Yeah. Um, just as far as like dealing with the creatives and the executive team and all that. Yeah. Because yeah. they really, a lot of them, they don't, they don't have any uh, idea about music at all. So. None. Yep. Just like uh, it's on the on the major industry side, it's like execs sitting in the offices, like they don't know uh half the stuff you're going through when you're creating this stuff man Uh, they're trying to sell shoes man they're not they're not trying to uh make the dopest track you know they're like how do we sell shoes (laughs) exactly man we got a question here from uh from toya let me know if you can see this on your screen man maybe you can you can get some insight on this oh man that's that's a great question right yeah i think I think, uh, honestly, Toya, I think a lot of it is just ignorance to what sync licensing is. I'm going to, I'm going to be like hundred percent real with you. I think it's very out there and it's very promoted, uh, to go get those placements. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be lit. You're going to be sick. And it's, uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just marketed a lot better 
to be like someone that chases placements and gets on, you know, and, you know, we got Grammys, we got, you know, um, all this stuff, platinum records and billboard and, and, uh, all the cool magazines talking about the coolest, you know, uh, biggest records out there and the biggest, hottest artists and the baby and, you know, da, 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 D, D, D. But you have to remember that, um, and really this is like something I think everybody should know, but they don't, um, is that record labels, uh, they have a lot of money for marketing and probably most of their money that goes to any project goes to marketing, uh, which means the promotional side of record labels, the PR side, the publicity side of record labels and pushing artists is hundreds of millions of dollars a year, right? And what what does a sync licensing uh, composer have, right? Like who's, who's pushing that? Yo, bro, man, the hottest, the hottest sync record of 2021 is coming, bro. Like nobody's promoting that, man. There's yeah. no, there's no PR pushes on, you know, who got the placement of the year, who's on the billboards, you know, it's, right. it's, uh, it's a lot of hype beast stuff for, uh, for placements and, um, a lot less money. I'll be real with you. Like I know so many people that are chasing placements that, you know, once you ask them like, well, how much money you make? Well, man, it ain't about the money, bro. It's about, uh, you know, it's about, you know, the, 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 what's it about, man? Like, yeah. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is just kind of, um, it's a wash for a lot of, you know, beat makers chasing placements when they could be like really getting some big sinks <clears throat> and, um, you know, placements, I think, and you could speak more on this. Uh, I feel like placements are like, they're kind of like the commercial, you know, it's the brand hype yep. and, uh, and the internet, um, you know, it's, it's people going like, yeah, man, that guy's lit. He produced this and what'd you use, man? Like that's a, it's a big talking point. And I think a lot of, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to leverage into selling like loop packs or kits or getting like a splice pack together because you, you got, um, you know, you got on a single with the baby or, or whatever it might be. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think you could talk a little more on that, Clint. Yeah. Like it, it, uh, it looks, it looks cool. Right. Um, just the right. whole vibe of, of major placements, major artists being in the, the major studios and things like that, taking pictures in front of the, uh, the record labels in LA. <laughs> yeah. <facts>. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but like when you think about it, um, just logically, man, like, so you got a handful of major artists that all of these like millions of producers are chasing for the same 10 slots on the album when yeah. you have multiple streaming services with multiple original content, multiple TV shows, documentaries, um, movies, shorts, like all of this stuff that's out there that people are just overlooking. And you honestly have a higher chance of getting your music used if you go out and look for some of these sync opportunities um these licensing opportunities and honestly i've talked to um some industry friends of mine who who also have major placements and they'll let you know like yo like when i look at the royalty check a lot a lot of the money's coming from syncs like their songs getting placed in movies and commercials and things like that like that's where a bulk of the royalties are coming from um so yeah, like I, I see licensing as a way, especially today where as an indie producer, you can skip going through everything you have to go through just to get the major placement and go straight to the sinks and and get to what's 
was you know financing most of these uh these major uh you know royalty checks and things like that so that's my whole approach to it um yeah. i've been on I both sides was, oh go ahead yeah you, no i didn't mean to interrupt you there uh i i, I wanted to uh kind of you know put a little light on uh on what you just said uh, about you know getting on those uh, those placements and then also seeing those placements make the money through the royalties like people got to understand like publishing right it's it's something that is so misunderstood and the reason it's misunderstood is because there's no publishing money unless it's out on a major platform being seen and heard and watched and consumed and i think the hard part for people going like why do i care about publishing you know like what the hell is all this publishing talk um it's because when you get onto tv and you get onto film and it goes international that's when the publishing money kicks in mm -hmm. right because now you're in front of hundreds of millions if not billions of viewership and now you're collecting like i'll tell you a story right now because i just got my bmi uh quarterly right yeah and um you know my biggest thing that's paying me out still for the last i think what six years or so uh, is a listerine commercial i did wow like a 30 second listerine instrumental only type shit, right and um it's insane because like to me i'm like how is this still making so much money right mm -hmm. and all you have to do is look at the publishing i only own i only have 30 percent of the total pot of the publishing on this thing mm -hmm. and my last pmi statement i made like over a thousand dollars on it you yeah know? That's, for that's 30 seconds for 30 <laughs> seconds and uh and i'm looking at all of it and i'm going where is this coming from and it's like ireland you know a movie and film in uh in in europe you know like it's it's overseas monies and uh it's stuff i think that people uh when they're trying to chase placements and stuff you're missing out on unless it's going to be a hit record right like yeah. a hit record obviously could go make tons more than that even right. if you got 10 percent on the publishing you can make so much money because now you got a hit record being synced it's in theaters it's on trailers it's on commercials nike commercials it's being played everywhere right. and that's where the publishing is collected it's not collected on i mean you know publishing of course is collected on streaming and stuff but dude not at that rate like you know people are listening on spotify but dude, like think about all the theaters all the tv shows the commercials the network televisions all that stuff when that's playing the show yeah and that plays your, your music that's yeah. publishing money right yep so that's a big deal yeah absolutely dude like and that's another thing too man it's just like from the sync side of things and then the artist side of things i feel like i wasted like there was a lot of times where you're just submitting blindly man you're just like submitting in hopes that it gets played so a lot of records would just sit on the hard drive a lot of time would be wasted a lot of time in the studio would be wasted whereas on the licensing side usually i know when i sit down to create like this joint's gonna get used somewhere um yeah. you start to get an idea of what what gets placed a lot um and then even if it doesn't like you know it's in the hands of of companies that can put it somewhere and then you know like you said you you wake up look at your bmi statement and then you got royalties from stuff airing in another country um and a lot of times with us being in the u.s if something starts here most cases it's going to circle around um to yeah. different companies and and start adding up that way and i, I just feel like i um uh, 
I don't waste as much time in, in music licensing when when creating um, just because of the 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 demand for the music being there to be used in, in something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a dope perspective. Absolutely. So, man, what what have you been up to lately, man? What uh, what what new projects? I know you uh, I know you do like some dope mixing stuff too, and and Logic. Yeah. Um, I seen that. The- yeah, I do a lot. Of, I do a lot of mixing just because, like you know, mixing is uh, something I just love doing. You know, mm. like I I be, I got really into the art of mixing records, and yeah. uh, you know, and then like also obviously mixing like you know score and orchestral and you know 90 piece orchestras mixed with synth and all that mm-hmm. and uh it's just a challenge you know to the brain but it's also a challenge to the art um because you're you're now like going like wow i'm outside of my my headspace with this but i gotta i gotta figure out how the compressors and the eqs and stuff work in this more natural realm than like on a trap beat or like an r&b record or a rock record you know yeah everything's so different when it comes to mixing and uh yeah, so I love mixing, of course, and mastering. Like, I'm just so into that. Like, I tune out rooms and just nerd out on that shit. But, um, you know, uh, I I scored the last project I did. I scored. Uh, it, it's called Cannon Busters anime on Netflix. It's original anime. Dope. Um, my homie Lashawn Thomas, who's, uh, you know, he's an animator, but he's also he's known for like he worked on Boondocks. I don't I don't know if you know Boondocks. Absolutely. It's kind of like yeah like this cartoon anime it was like on adult swim and stuff yeah and um he was really heavy into that legend of Korra. he's a total like anime nerd you know and um yeah so his latest project was cannon busters but now he's coming out with a new one uh called uh, I, I forget what it's called but it's basically about like a samurai and he's got flying lotus on the music um, doing all the music for it. He's got Lakeith Stanfield as the as the main actor uh, voice on on the main role. Mm-hmm. And Netflix basically said, "Hey, you know, you got unlimited budget. Do whatever you got to do to make this thing incredible." Dope. So I think I think that actually comes out uh, within a month here, like next month. Okay. So nice. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and he's been like sharing stuff with me about it and showing me the art and stuff. And like, don't yeah. don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm not gonna go put it on the internet. I promise. I know, right? That's <laughs> yeah. dope, man. Uh, man, so so like, I get somebody asked me about that, like how to get started in the anime business. Like, is is that approach mm. from your perspective? Is it the same as just reaching out to libraries who specialize in that, or is it more so relationship based? Like you said, you you have a guy super, rela- super relationship based. Like. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like when I, uh, when LaShawn reached out to me, he was actually doing this anime. He was kickstarting it to do an 11 minute episode. Mm. Right. And I was working with Mark Mothersbaugh, who's a composer, you know, lead singer of the band Devo. You know, they had like some 80s hits, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like I was working on, you know, film and TV and, sorts of stuff and uh he hit me up and was like yo you gotta you you got any extra time to to do the music for this thing i'm i'm gonna be working on i'm kickstarting it and i'm like i don't even know what that is and this was a while back you know and um he's like yeah so basically i got all these artists and all these directors and people like the dream team together to put together this uh this anime that i wrote a um a comic for like years ago in uh, korea and um i'm gonna make it like a i'm gonna make like a little like 
11 minute version of the anime like the the live uh anime mm. and i was like yeah dude I'm, that sounds incredibly cool you know so we started basically like with uh intro outro titles really just the intro title and in interesting enough uh anderson pack was uh the homie um LaShawn, like his really good friends with him mm. um when he was he went under a different name the producer i forget what it was but uh he was working on it with us so uh LaShawn had like licensed or like is using some of his stuff um in the outro titles and within the, the story and so i was editing in some of his track stuff as well and uh the 11 minute like kickstarter ended up getting kickstarted for almost two hundred thousand dollars we ended up getting it made and then it ended up getting picked up to do 12 episodes on netflix as a netflix original right yeah so that's kind of like how that started now that's like dude like that's a that's you know four or five year process right there man you know what i mean so yeah. a lot of people like they want it they want it now they want to reach out and just like you know i got dope music i want to get into anime it's like it's a lifestyle thing guys like anything in music is lifestyle like That's you're right. in it to win it you're in it to win it but you're also just in it for life like you're not going to be like oh man i'm not i'm not popping right now so i'm going to quit this music thing right like that's the that's kind of the attitude right now in 2021 and i think uh i think you just see kind of people coming and going coming and going yeah even people get hit singles people like pop off make some money off of this thing and and then you don't see them three years later you know yeah so it's a fact man like i, I think so it's the anime thing. sorry go ahead nah nah i didn't mean to cut you off but nah i was just saying man like a lot i feel like a lot of a lot of valuable relationships uh start like way before you know Wait. the opportunity comes so it's like sometimes man you just got to be chill and just like build with people just be cool be yourself um and then just stay in stay in touch with people and pay attention to the people like around you not like the major people that you're trying to touch and look up to and all of these things like it's the people around you to where everybody's on their grind everybody's coming up and then next thing you know you guys are all on this platform and it's just like yo i need help with this i'm working on this um like a lot of opportunities come from just the relationships that you build with the people around you so that's a that's a great testament to that man um of just how yeah, that's perfect, how that perfectly said out. dude yeah perfectly said. it's 100 percent what it is people want to uh you know i don't know if you've read uh russ's book uh it's all in your head i think it's called but um mm -hmm. i got the audio book from the the russ thing and one thing that i love about what he says in that book um on one of the chapters he says everyone's like waiting for the big the big boat the big ship to come by so they can jump on that ship right mm -hmm. and they can abandon their little tiny ship right that they're building and it's not really there yet but then they see this big glorious you know cruise ship or, or yacht and they're like i want that so they jump on that and they don't realize like yo but on this ship like nobody knows you nobody wants to like help you out uh everybody's like on their own thing you know and and um they may be running the ship you don't the way that you don't want it to be ran you know and you don't really get say in that Thanks. and uh you may be only getting like you know the the you know the little scraps of the ship basically right and yeah. uh just you're just not like maybe you're not even like thought of on the ship right like i would rather be 
back on the sand, like building my ship the way that I want to build it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and just waiting like, and hanging out with, uh, the people I want to hang out with. And it's okay to be broke, man. Like go get a day job. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. like, I don't know why everyone's so afraid of that in the music <laughs> industry. Like, what is that about? It's like the, I don't know. It's, it's like the touch of death. Like the day job is like death to creativity. But <laughs> this, guess. this is what I'll tell you, like from my experience, right? Um, so I did, uh, when I when I moved to Atlanta, like I was a full-time musician. I was doing gigs and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then when I decided I wanted to start a family, I went and got a, a day job again. But one thing as, I- As you should. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna have my family starving because I want to make beats, like, <laughs> so- Bro, I ain't get a job. <laughs> got a so, baby, but I don't care. Yeah, man. So, um, but what I found was that when I picked up a day job and my time was more limited um from my music business i was very very careful with my time now like i was more productive when i had the day job um prior well you know versus when i when i just had all this free time to just do whatever man i was slacking off um because i knew like i only have a certain amount of time to get stuff done so i was super focused and it um it trained me and disciplined me to to really manage my time wisely so now that i'm back back full time you know music it's just like now it's like i don't take this for granted man like every hour i have is valuable and i'm gonna manage it and, and schedule it out um because it's easy for it to slip away man so real talk yeah Yeah, man man, i think i think it's probably like i was gonna ask you that as well it's like now you gotta you got just one kid right yeah just one i mean that's plenty right that's plenty uh but like (laughs) even looking at that i'm like dude how do you i mean you must feel the same way now even more so right like you know when you're a kid you gotta gotta take care of the kid you're watching the kid kids gotta eat they gotta be changed they gotta be you know and I was, I'm like, I got a puppy, dude. I got two dogs, and one of them's a puppy. That's plenty for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, like so, yeah. It definitely disciplines you. I, I mean, you know, like when you, when you have a kid or you have more responsibilities, you start to really value your time a lot more. Yeah, especially your free time. Absolutely. And uh, that time gets maximized. It's like you're like, oh, I got an hour and a half. I can go make some music. I got to finish that track. I got to mix it. I got to make stems. I got to bounce it. I got to get it up on Dropbox. I got to, you know, and you go through the whole process until it's done. You're not going, oh, I wanted to mess around with some Omnisphere presets for a while. And, you know, and then I'm going to get on my iPhone and I'm going to check my Instagram and see what's up and check my stats on my distro kid. Like you're not doing that shit because you know, like, man, I got an hour and a half. Yeah, I got I got a crank on this stuff. So, yep, that's a for fact, sure. Man. I think everyone should have a job like at least one time in their life. Like, you know, having responsibility to somebody else, uh, you know, just just having that time limit where you are working 30, 40 hours a week for them. And then you got you got to maximize your time off and figure out how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's those are invaluable lessons. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so yeah, man. Let's let's take a, a few more questions before we hop off here, man. Uh, some really dope gems you're dropping. I'm glad you're able to join us, man, and, and just kind of. Man, Sam, sorry for showing up so late. Ah, uh, nah, you're good, dude. Like, I know West West Coast and East Coast, man. We get it, we get it mixed yeah. up. I had somebody else where they were. We had switched it to where um, I I don't know. It was 
Yeah, it was weird, man. It, it just we had to like reschedule, <laughs> so it happened. Yeah, you're like, nah, <laughs> let's do that again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, everybody in the room, man. If you guys have some questions, drop them in the comments. If you're liking the information, uh, drop a thumbs up and show uh, some love, people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. <clears throat> so are you on? Are you on YouTube right now? Yeah, I'm on. Uh, yep, YouTube Live. Nice man. We'll have to do this again. Uh, I, I got a I got a pretty pretty good uh, mailing list of people that are that are pretty into this YouTube Live. Been doing like uh, song reviews, you know, like live okay. song reviews. Dope, dope. So much fun, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this again. I'll uh, we'll plan it a little bit better so I can send it out to the mailing list. <laughs> yeah, likewise, man. Yeah, it'd be fun. It's yeah. also weird, like I don't usually do like the morning stuff. So usually for me, it's like 6 p.m. You know? Okay. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Because it's what is it? It's one now. So it, you're like three hours behind me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 a.m. over here. So Still it's early. it's just weird because the music industry, bro. Like they're just they're night owls, most of them. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so we got one from Tracy Brown says, how do you know your music is up to industry standards? I'll let you tackle that one, Bradley. Ooh, you know, that's a, this is a question that I think, uh, I think I have a lot of the times for my own music, right? Like it's, it's, you know, I'm just literally just releasing my first single, you know, as an artist and stuff. And I've been singing and, and performing and doing all that since I was 17 years old, right? This has like been over 20 years. And um, I think the industry standards change over time. They have shifted quite a bit. Um, you can definitely get away with certain genres not being like uh, super clean, super mixed well, you know? We had the SoundCloud rap period, you know, where it was just upload directly to SoundCloud and, you know, screw it. Um, unfortunately for people getting into music, just like nowadays, like being in a year to three years to five years, even um, it's the times are already shifting again to really high quality. Uh, the reason being, I think, is because of the algorithms and the AI and all the information and the data they've collected. And the fact that 60,000 songs are uploaded to Spotify every day, which means you're getting a song uploaded almost every second of the day. Uh, that's incredibly voluminous. There's a ton of music getting out there. Uh, the algorithms have to adapt to quality standards as well, which I think, uh, you know, they will. I think they're going to get into very sophisticated algorithmic schemes to tell what the LUFs are, if there's digital clipping, if not, you know, like what style, the BPM, they already read all that stuff. I think it's going to get a lot more that way. I mean, we got Lander, right? We have online AI mastering. Right. We have e-mastering. We have all sorts of crazy shit going on online. So the uh, the DSPs, meaning the uh, the Apple Music's, the Spotify's, the SoundClouds, they're all going to follow suit. They're looking for quality music. They want to curate because they want to keep people on the platform. And if it's not curated, then people are going to leave the platform because they're going to go, I cannot find what I'm looking for. This is all garbage. It's why we have editorial playlists on Spotify and why everybody wants on the editorial playlist on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Now, all that being said, as your sort of your preempt uh, of what I'm going to tell you, um, you're never going to know if your stuff is industry standard until you meet someone that has been doing industry standard work and uh, can give you feedback on it and can you can work with them um, because most people, I'll be honest with you, just haven't had the time to ear train enough to know what 
sounds good enough. Um, it takes years, it takes time, it takes experience, it takes listening over and over and over and over and adapting uh, to what a record sounds like versus what a mixtape sounds like versus what's out of pitch versus what's digitally clipping versus, you know, what's aliasing, what's uh, phasing, you know, mm. this is all stuff that takes years of ear training and uh, experience and, you know, just I'd say pay people for reach, right? Like pay mentors, pay people for their time um, to give you advice and feedback on your music before yeah. you release it yeah yeah that's that's crucial man um you know getting from point a to point b the, the quickest way is to get somebody who's done it before and who's been doing it for years and um man make sure you guys check out uh bradley it's at your, your youtube channels radium media right yeah yeah um, radium media so yeah so he does like live reviews and things like that so make yeah. sure you guys follow his channel a lot of dope uh dope value given there as well um so yeah man i definitely agree um anigo says how do you do your splits with other writers on a song um i know <clears throat> i know people have like different approaches to this the way i usually do it if i'm producing a track and then i send it to a writer and it's like it's just them we usually do like 50 50. um 50 is the music 50 is the lyrics uh if you got a couple producers then we're splitting the the producer half if there's multiple writers then we kind of split the writers half um so that's usually how i do it i've also done it to where you know if it's if it's four people sometimes we'll just split it four ways 25 25 25 25 was that four 25s something like that <laughs> but yeah that's usually how i approach it um What's, what's your experience in that and splitting up splits? Man, it, it gets really different depending on where the project's being, uh, I guess, ran through. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I like, come on. I worked on, uh, you know, I worked on Thor Ragnarok, you know, like I worked on, uh, you know, 22 Jump Street, uh, yeah. you know, commercials, like even commercials, like where I was getting 20% of the full publishing, meaning like I was getting 10%. Mm -hmm. And I was writing everything, composing everything, doing everything, right? Yeah. So it, it really depends on uh, who you're working for or with. Yeah. But yeah, like if you're, if you're, I mean, I know what you're talking about, uh, Clinton. I, I think you're just talking straight up like, yo, this is an indie project or right. we're going to, we're going to make something and then we're going to go pitch it to a publisher or a library or whatever. And everyone keeps their share <laughs> of, you know. And that's that's kind of like uh, I'd say industry standard. You just kind of split things that way. Mm -hmm. um, but once it gets into like, yo, we're working on this thing for you know this company, or or maybe even like a music house hires you out, etc. They're gonna say, yo, here's the splits. Are you in? Are yep. you out? <laughs> exactly. If, if you say no, they'll move on to the next. They're one. like, great. I don't care. I got a I got a pot of amazing composers that are down to demo on this. Yep. Um, you know, get a little demo fee and then uh, you know take twenty percent of the writing. So yeah, yep. it I just, just really depends. I, I recently had a situation where they uh, so they they were commissioning me to do like some some R and B hip hop tracks, but then they were gonna take them to another composer to to have them trailerized for like movie trailers and things like that so that they pretty much came and said this is what we're trying to do um once we send it uh you can keep your you know your splits your share for the original versions but then when we send the other version to get trailerized that composer is going to have um you know half the percentage 
um, as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. just just depends on what's going on and how many people are involved, honestly. Because nice. um, if you got like 15 people, like you can't keep the whole 50% of the meat. Like it, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, you gotta, you nobody's going to want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that all depends. It depends on uh, where the project's coming from, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see what we got. Uh, I supply audio says, where do you connect with music supervisors? or these library reps. Um, me, me personally, it's, it's all over the internet, man. Google's Google's powerful. Um, now I know I, I've been to LA before and I know a lot of the, the libraries and, and licensing companies are, are still out there in, in LA. Um, so do you ever get a chance to kind of, you know, go to, go to some events out there or meet up with them personally? What's your experience out there on, on the West Coast? Yeah, I would say, uh, obviously, like we have like SyncCon and stuff come through LA, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they do it usually at like the Lowe's Hotel on, in Hollywood. Um, but, you know, that stuff's cool, but I feel like it's kind of a waste of money and time unless you have someone that almost like a mediator, like someone that can introduce you to somebody that's talking on the, the panels or whatever. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just like another dude like rushing the stage at the NAMM convention, you know, like, here's my CD, bro. <laughs> right. Check me out. You know, I'm going to hit you up, man. What's your email? Exactly. Um, yeah, I just feel like that's kind of like just not the way to do it nowadays. Uh, the best way that I've found to connect with supervisors and anyone like that is just to find people that are already working with those publishers uh, that are composers, producers that you can collab with. Um, that's my secret sauce right there. It's like, you know, you find a producer that makes a certain style and you know that you can add to it, whether you can maybe sing on it, write lyrics, uh, play guitar on it, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then make a track with them, have them, you know, pitch to their publisher, their, you know, people they're connected with, supervisors, etc. And then uh, just kind of work it. And, um, you know, it, it's like everything in the music business. There's no like cheat codes, man. Like it's, it's your cool person and uh, you make good shit. That's a and, fact. And it's going to take some time and you're just going to, you got to keep being a cool person, be yourself and keep making really cool shit. Yep. And um, the more people you connect with, running into them, being a cool person that makes good shit, <laughs> believe it or not, they're going to just want to invite you into more sessions. They're going to want to connect you to more uh, publishing, more supervisors, more tracks. They're going to want to work with you because you're adding a lot of value to what they're doing. You guys can make something really cool that uh, is unique to what they do usually, right? Yeah. And you're adding that thing that they can't add on their own. So that's it and then they're gonna get you into a meeting with their publisher or with a music supervisor and then you know that's that's kind of the way i would do it i think that's the best way to do it at least yeah dude but, uh, the the major gem i pull from that is add value um for real versus looking for an opportunity or looking for somebody like to give you something find a way that you can actually add value to whatever the situation is um that's uh, that's how i got that's how i heard about uh like the tv film side of things back in college was um i was good at playing keys and there was a guy who was he had a licensing deal in place and he needed somebody to play keys on his tracks um so i would go over there like every other saturday or whatever knock out some stuff 
um i was still like my in my mind i was just like i'm still trying to be the next dark child and produce for all the artists but you know little did i know like this stuff was kind of sinking in i was just like you know what this isn't a bad idea man stay low-key get the placements get the money keep it moving man but um yeah yeah, man I, i added value to that situation and and in exchange man we built a really good relationship we're both we uh he's in atlanta now um and we're really good friends to this day man we meet up have food and and laugh and nice. talk about Perfect. all of our terrible music industry stories so <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's it's just adding value building relationships man it can go a long way for sure yeah and you know like i i feel like Maybe this doesn't need to be said, but I feel like it always needs to be said in every conversation like this. Um, The music being good and you being good at what you do is a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not there yet, you just gotta go and you gotta put your head down and you gotta write music with people and make tracks until you're there. Um, But that should not be a worry. It shouldn't be a concern. It shouldn't even be a question. Like I'm here. I know how good I am at what I do and i've done it before on a certain level and there's no question that the music is good basically yeah that's a fact um we'll take one more michelle said are are you guys on clubhouse and will you be hosting rooms like this are you on clubhouse dude i am but i just i have not like gotten into the clubhouse thing dude yeah and i don't don't know why like i just haven't done it yeah i don't even i don't even understand it like maybe you guys can enlighten me a little bit dude it's like <laughs> it's like a podcast on steroids bro like it's 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 crazy it can be overwhelming though like so i'm on there at clint music um mm-hmm. and i've done i've done a couple of a few rooms one room I, i'm in a lot is control camp uh they have like a club every wednesday and it's like focus on sync licensing super dope like one of the best nice. rooms i've been in um but you like there's like a room and you have moderators and you have speakers mm-hmm. and you have people listening and you can bring people up to speak um, on different topics. And um, it's pretty dope. Like I'm on there occasionally, but then like I got addicted real quick. So I kind of like fell back a little bit because I wasn't getting stuff done. I'm like, I can't work and listen to people talk at the same time. Like I, I can't do it. But um, when I get time, like I just kind of sketch some time out to hop on there see if I can add value somewhere or, or learn something. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm, I'm in and out. I'm in and out of there. Yeah, man. Clubhouse, Clubhouse, I could definitely see how it could just be a total time sucker. Yeah. Like yeah. you're in there, you're talking, and then all of a sudden you're on there like every other day. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, talking about gear, talking about, you know, sync yep. records, like, I can talk, man. If, if there's one thing, I mean, I got I got 93 podcast episodes, bro. Like, oh you know, man, yeah, so, we, we've talked. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just uh, so I'm just now getting in the in the podcast space. Um, this this will actually be on the podcast uh, as well. But yeah, man. Like I'm um, it took me so long to do it. I was just like, man, I I'm gonna do it. I just had to figure out a way to do it, and I don't know. It's one of those things you just have to do. Like you're like, all right, we're gonna shoot a podcast every week, you know. Yeah. But um, but bro, I gotta get you on uh, the Radium Podcast, man. Let's do it. That's I've had some cool people on there, man. We've had we've had Too Short on there. We've had uh, Adam Twenty Two, which was that was 
that was actually a really good one because he's he's quite the business guy man like he's got some crazy business stuff going on yeah um but yes really really cool people a and r's you know from the different labels around here and stuff uh french nice. montana's a and r came on okay she did great zoe zoe young and um i think she also like yeah it's just just a bunch of different people that added a bunch of value yeah. i think the the vice president of artistry records he was on there um but yeah what's it's the, just all like music music business you know yeah no i love it what's the what's the name of it it's called the radium podcast i'm gonna type we it just keep it real easy real simple yeah but it's mainly on youtube we uh we like you know after a while we're like yo we got to do video of this everybody wants to see the video they want to see people in a room and i didn't understand that i was like it's a podcast though like we're trying to do something simple right like let's do audio only that'll be easy we could just do the audio and upload it to itunes you know yeah and then it was like yo where's the video of this guap dad one you know and i'm like God yeah damn it. so then we had to <laughs> we had to do the video no i love the i love the way you do them though like um because your videos are like super high quality bro like and it's Man, just have to yeah man like it's it's just it's super dope um it makes it it makes it easy to watch when you got high yeah it makes it a lot better yeah yeah man fact. well listen man i appreciate you coming through taking the time out yeah, to, to share some gems with us um we'll definitely have to do this again and and everybody make sure you guys follow uh radium media here on youtube check out his podcast check out his uh um but the the song reviews live streams that he does yeah, um super dope stuff and yeah like always man i appreciate everybody coming through the room dope questions and um yeah man we're gonna end it because we actually have work to do so yeah i, I gotta go do stuff now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so man again thank you man and shout out to everybody we'll catch you guys on the next one all right peace man all right peace Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.